What time is it? What time is it? There's no time like island time. Nobody is ahead, nobody's behind. Everything's fine on island time. And you'll be living on island time. The Caribbean breezes blow through my mind. We're sad. Hey, everybody. Once again, it is Island Time on the Sting WBWC from the campus of Baldwin-Wallace University. It is Trap Rock Music on the radio, and I think tonight marks one year in our brand-new studio. How about that? So, happy anniversary to the studio. Wow. And guess who's back, folks? Last June, we did a show with Johnny Ray Miller, which we do every year, Mr. Partridge Family, <laughs> author of uh, When We're Singing. And we had so many technical glitches, I won't even get into it, folks. But <laughs> I felt so bad about that. And I said, you know what? We've done this twice in a, in a, a year in the past. Let's do it again. Let's do it. <laughs> so I love it. Welcome back, Johnny Ray Miller. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. These things are always a blast. I'm glad uh, you could make it back. We have Cheryl from the North Coast Parenthood Club with us. Cheryl, hello. Welcome to the show, folks. It's kind of hard to explain, but when Johnny's in the house, uh, you know, we do some Partridge Family. We have some Partridge Family-related guests, and I try to make the whole evening like a retro yacht, even with some trap rock, as we normally do. And so it's like a mi mix, mishmash of music. And uh, I was trying to explain it online, and uh, people were confused and go... How come the Partridge family's Yacht Rock? What's that? I said, no, that's not what I'm saying. I said, we're just playing a whole mishmash of music, and the Partridges are, partridges are part of it. So it's kind of like Island Time with David Cassidy, right? Something like that. <laughs> kind of. Something sort of. like that. <laughs> well, you are the authoritative, not only on the Partridge family, but the music especially, because your book really focuses. I always try to emphasize that, folks. They might just think it's about the show and everything. Yeah. And yes, you talk about the show a lot in your book. But it's really about the music, and nobody had ever really covered that uh, thoroughly until you tackled that. And uh, here we are, seven, eight years later, or whatever it is. Yeah, can it's you believe it? I uh, can't the, believe it. The bus keeps rolling. The bus keeps rolling. <laughs> we got some special guests. Ricky Siegel. Yes. Rick Siegel, as he wants to be known now, I would imagine. Yeah. From the Partridge Family Season 4, you may remember. Yeah. Brian Forster. Chris yep. Partridge. Chris Partridge. And drummer Lux. extraordinaire. And in the final hour, Ryan Cassidy. So it's going to be a fun show. Let's get to the music. We're going to start it out with some Yacht Rock. Bertie Higgins. It's going to be a fun show, folks. Enjoy. Sit back and enjoy. Enjoy. 
Island Time on the Sting. Wrapped around each other Trying so hard to stay warm That first cold winter together Lying in each other's arms Watching those old moonbeams Falling in love so desperately Honey, I was your hero And you were my leading lady We had it all Just like Bogey and Bacall Starring in our own lately show Sailing away to Key Largo Here's looking at you Can't you remember We played all the parts That sweet scene of surrender When you gave me your heart Please say you will Play it again Cause I love you still
everybody that is uh roger bartlett original coral reefer back in the early days of jimmy buffett and he's got a brand new song right there enjoying a beautiful day we also had some classic stuff from uh, bertie higgins and cheryl is in the house let's make it official hi everybody hey cheryl say something again cheryl 
Is that better? That's the magic button, Cheryl. <laughs> there she it is. It was my fault. I was touching things I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> oh. That's what she said. Never mind. <laughs> Johnny Ray Miller is in the house with us. Johnny, welcome back, my friend. Hey, thank you for having me. I love it. This is going to be a fun show. We've got on the telephone Rick Siegel. And for anybody who watched The Partridge Family back in the day, uh, he was uh, he became part of the show in the final season, right? Because they thought that uh, Chris and uh, Susie, uh, Tracy, mm -hmm. I want to call her Suzanne. <laughs> that was her real name. Right. Uh, we're getting too old, and so they needed some, which I think was just a dumb idea. Just keep the focus on the music, right? You know. But anyway, it gave Ricky an opportunity, and he and he was musical, and he was musical, and yeah. he, apparently his parents had been doing. We'll talk to him about this. Yeah, yeah. But apparently his parents had been doing some uh, uh, road shows where they would play these songs, and they had started having him sing them. And anyway, it ended up on the show, and we all remember it. Yeah, and he was on like about ten episodes. Was it 10? Okay. Yeah, he was okay. on a lot of episodes. All right. Well, we're going to finally talk to him after all these years. How fun is this? That is fantastic. Thank you for arranging that. Oh, man, I'm thrilled he's coming. And we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it is more of our retro Yacht Rock Partridge Family Night on Island Time. Johnny Ray Miller in the house, Mr. Uh, when We're Singing author. <laughs> Say hello. Hey, everybody. So happy to be here. I'm just making sure everything is going well here tonight. We're going to bring on the telephone. I think he's out in California, right? Right. He was known as Ricky Siegel on uh, a Little... Not Little Ricky. But Ricky R Stevens was the character. Ricky Stevens was the character. Yeah. But uh, today, of course, is Rick Siegel. Welcome to the Island Time Show, Rick. Well, thank you very much. How are you guys doing? Hey, Rick. Nice to, nice hey. to have you here. Glad to be here. You know what I forgot to do, Rick? Can you hold, hold on for about... 30 seconds. We got to play yeah. we got to play one of your old tracks here. Here we go. <laughs> Sooner or later you realize for yourself you can do it. Yes, sooner or later you find out for yourself there's nothing to Forget about trouble, just dance your cares away, go and do it, right now on the double, the sun will fill your day, get right to it, you can do it, you can do it, got to do the whole thing, all by yourself. All right, there he is, Rick Siegel back in the day. Yep, that was me. And we Rick, uh, your voice got a little bit deeper. <laughs> yeah, just, just a little. <laughs> How often do you hear yep. those songs these days? Is this like unusual to be listening to yourself? Um, yes and no. Uh, uh, it, it, it's not, I've over the years listened to the songs primarily because I'm a deep lover and admirer of of my dad and the songs that he writes and so uh, it's been predominantly revisited for me simply because I've always been so impressed and enamored with my dad's songwriting and the, and the production quality of the album itself that I just 
I've always really enjoyed listening to the album, but not, not for narcissistic reasons. <laughs> 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 Rick, how many times do people still come up to you? How often do they still come up to you and ask you about the, this music? Um, it, it's really interesting. I've Obviously, the older I've gotten, the less likely it is because I'm not as recognizable as I was when I was four years old. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, but I've had some folks actually recognize me. Still enough people who remember the show and have been a part of different things that I've done from time to time that are Partridge family specific. And, and the level of love that is still out there and memories, I mean, I still... I still get, uh, every once in a while, I'll get a letter in the mail asking for an autograph and a signed picture specifically because they remember the Partridge family. Oh, that is so great. Uh, what an amazing thing to, you know, when you affect somebody's life like that when they're young uh, and yeah. the longevity that, ha that that has. It's so powerful. I didn't realize it's you really were four years old. Is that right? Yeah, I was four. So... How much memories do you have of it? It's it very scattered. They're there. Yeah. Having so many photographs taken of the time has helped keep it in my mind pretty clearly. Like, I have a very clear remembrance of the photo shoot that my mom and dad and I did for the album because I remember taking those photos. Okay. I, I remember the very first day on set. I don't know why that's so clear to me, but I have very vivid recollection of what I assume was probably a PA instructing me on where to stand outside the door entering the garage and looking at my cue light and hearing everybody start up out there and the cue light going on. I can see the wood framing around the door and the red little cue light. I don't know why it's so specific. Yeah, that's funny. You know, I always think of uh, some of the scenes you were in when you sang, and I remember the way that Shirley Jones and David Cassidy and Susan Day, how they looked at you. You can just see in their face um, that you you were a warm spot in their heart. You can see it. Uh, I don't think they could have acted that as well uh, if it had not really touched their hearts, really. I, I have to agree, because... The recollections that I have are nothing but warm and wonderful, and I know exactly what you're refer referring to. I can see the moments where we've been filming things or photos that have been done, and, and I agree. And even when we did, a, there was a time we did an actual full reunion when Danny had a talk show in Chicago many years ago, and he brought oh, yeah. everybody together that was able to come, yeah. Yeah, and I remember it that. Was just nothing but warm, as was. I had a really interesting... Uh, I've had a couple of connections with Shirley since then, and each time that I've had them, she's been so genuinely warm and happy to see me and say hello. So I think you're absolutely right. I think that what you could see was genuine. So genuine. Oh, that's such a great story. I love that. Help me with the uh, background story, uh, Rick. Uh, your parents were on the road with these children's type songs, I think was the story, and that's how it yeah, all started? Well, yeah, that's partially correct. Yes, how it all started was my mom and dad, who were all from New York, and my dad was in a band called The Smubs, and my mom fell in love with my dad, my dad fell in love with my mom, and The Smubs broke up, and my mom was an amazing singer. So my mom and dad 
formed a duet, and we were actually, the three of us in Nashville, doing a demo for their stuff. But my dad always had me singing with them. In fact, when they went to clubs, I'd go. Um, really? Not because, I mean, they, they, I, apparently the story goes, I would cry if they wouldn't take me with them to the club, <laughs> and I would cry if they wouldn't let me up on stage. <laughs> I love that. And in, in Nashville, they figured, why not record Ricky while we're here for posterity since we're in a recording studio? And the story goes that there was someone at the studio in Nashville who knew Renee Valenti was on a nation, nationwide search for a child to come onto the Partridge family, sent them an audio. I remember being in Nashville and my parents asking me if I wanted to go to Los Angeles and all that mattered to me and I asked them was is that where Disneyland is? (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Yes. And so because they heard me sing they brought me to LA and Renee had me do a screen test and then they not only signed me for the Partridge family but they heard the songs that I sang were written by my dad and they hired him and every song I sang on the show my dad wrote. Wow. The boy Shirley Temple, right? That was it. That's what they were looking <laughs> they were for. Looking was, for th- Renee was looking for the boy Shirley Temple. Yeah. And you certainly were that. I guess. Although <laughs> at the time, I wasn't able to tap dance. That came four years later. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Did your parents record at all? No. not My dad recorded an album with the Smugs. It's a fantastic album that actually did well on the charts in the, in the state of New York, but the snubs disbanded, and they really chose to give up what they were doing musically for themselves as a duo okay. to focus solely on what was happening. And there was actually supposed to be, after the Partridge family, a potential spinoff from the Partridge family really? that was going to incorporate me and my mom and my dad. And the, the primary reason that didn't happen was because my dad got sick. My dad sadly had a nervous breakdown in 76, and that kind of all fell to the wayside. So, uh-huh. no, my dad did go on to do a couple of other albums of his own. He did a really funny comedy album called I Love You Because You're Fat. <laughs> it was played. It was played on Doctor Demento a lot. Oh, I love Doctor Demento. Yeah, yeah, oh sure. yeah, and and then my dad also for a year was really intimately involved here in L.A. with the Dodgers and wrote a song and did a campaign with them with Fred Claire, who was the GM at the time, that was called The Tenth Man and did a, an album of Dodger songs that actually the Tenth Man song was played on the radio before Dodger games back in like 1984. Wow. And what yeah. was your uh, dad's name? Same as mine. I'm Richard III. Oh. My dad was uh, Rick Siegel Jr. Okay. And the band? And still is. I, I speak of him. I speak of him in the past. He's still around. Your dad had the ability, too, to um, write music like he did for you that really connected with children. I was um, yeah. I was telling Rick this earlier this week that I had met with John Baylor earlier this year, and he was telling me how yeah. he wrote an album with your dad um, for Captain Kangaroo. Wow. That's correct. And those songs, yeah. My dad- yeah. No, go ahead. In the no, I was just going to say they. You know that show was a huge impact on a lot of children. I'm one of them. Captain Kangaroo was huge for me, and when I saw this yeah. album, I couldn't believe that it was it was Rick Siegel Senior. Wow. I couldn't believe yeah. it. I remember some of those songs. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He did that album. He also um, 
um, contributed and did voices for uh, an album that was done for animated characters with SeaWorld that was called Shamu and His Crew. Wow. He did a lot of voice work for cartoons like Hubert and uh, the, the Smurfs. No and kidding. He has, yeah, and he has several unpublished books that I really hope to have published someday that are extraordinary children's stories. One of them is called Stephen and His Amazing Stretching Shirt. Hmm. And wow. another one is called The Day the Sun Fell Down. Wow. Okay. Oh, that's really interesting. Wow. And he has a, he has a full a full musical um, motion picture called Andaberry Mountain that is specifically a musical for kids. Yeah. So he his his artistic expressions were very much centered around kids and very out of the box in the writing. John Baylor even told me that you know that your dad was his own kind of genius. Yeah, I, I know I'm biased, <laughs> but when it comes to when it comes to artistry, I I have always done my best to elevate art above artists, no matter what. And I I truly believe with all of my heart that my dad is one of the most talented human beings that has ever been around. And the capacity he had as a songwriter is not too far afield from songwriters like McCartney and Billy Joel. Wow. And wow. It, his, his, his capacity to write both ballads and the Smub had a song called Mama's Blues that's one of the best rock songs you could ever imagine. And then he comes right around and writes a, a ballad called White Paper Sale, which is a haunting song about his brother when his brother was put in a mental hospital. And then mm. He can write songs like Mr. President, which is a kid's song, but it also has really deep messaging in it. He, he was, he's really an amazing writer. Wow. Is the band the, the Smubs, right? Is that, do I got that right? Yeah. Is that music available anywhere these days? Yeah, you can find it. If you just search, I don't know exactly where you can find it, but I yeah. know it can be found. There's Google some it. pressings that people have that will sell it, example, online where you can find it. And there's some audio on YouTube that someone thankfully recorded the album and just put it up on YouTube so you can hear some of the singles. There's, oh, okay. My dad wrote an amazing protest song of the Vietnam War called Rosary Ann. Oh, wow. Fascinating. Yeah. So as you got older, were you, uh, did you not want to be in TV and uh, recording and all that? Was that something that didn't interest you? interest you anymore or what what happened no no oh no no it did i just oh, did. I, and i continued to work i just never did anything that had the, the yeah. kind of national or international dominance that that my role in the partridge family had at the time so i i went on from there and i i did a couple of episodes of little house on the prairie i did a couple of films i well you were a regular uh, on the tim conway show right on the tim conway show for two seasons yeah, yeah. wow okay. and then I did a lot of theater, um, and I did leave the industry for about 10 years, and that's when I had my kids, and I was teaching theater at the time, and then I wrote a one-person play, and I've done the one-person play uh, about 50 times, and uh, presently still am pursuing and doing the work of acting as, as both stage, when I mean, there's nothing going on in TV and film right now, uh, but... Um, I am still pursuing stage work and uh, doing a, a YouTube channel with my buddy where it allows us to do the YouTube channel, which is 
focused on the entertainment industry, specifically actually in India. But yeah, yeah and you I, have a I, Rick has a lot of fans out of India, and the YouTube channel also. I have that linked up to my website too. Uh, that it's a really interesting and fun uh, channel. Yeah, that's a whole story in and of itself. But we've got. Um, we're approaching one and a half million subscribers, and it it is wild. If 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 we go to India, which I've been to India now three times, we we get recognized pretty much everywhere we go. Wow, that's fantastic! I love that. Now, yeah. when I, I remember when I saw you on that Danny show uh, in the nineties. Uh, I believe at that point you were a minister, or you were about to be a minister. Yeah. For, for what? Yeah, at that point, that I had that's the point where I had left the industry, and I was for the ten years I was both teaching theater, and I, I was also a pastor and worship leader in at that time in uh, San Antonio, Texas. Wow. Okay. I, yeah. I'm guessing you're not doing that anymore. No, no. Yeah, I stopped doing that a long time ago. I call those sharp left turns. I've had a few of those myself. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> Uh, so, well, anyway, we posted a picture of you today, uh, Rick, and uh, some of our female uh, uh, listeners said that it's a, he's a model, isn't he? Aww. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you have, you're picking up David Cassidy fans, Rick. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, are you kidding me? If I'm put in the same category as David Cassidy, I will take that every day of the week. <laughs> Run with it, man. Run with it. Absolutely. <laughs> That's great. And what are you, uh, what is it you're doing exactly right now, these days? Yeah, well, in addition to the YouTube channel, just continuing to pursue, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready at some point. Early next year, I'll do my one-person show again, wow. and I have okay. about five or six different shows that I've just auditioned for recently that are going on at different theaters here in in LA. And I, it's really wonderful because I had I had done some theater here uh, back in oh from 2009 to 2012, 13, and it's really wonderful to be getting back into because that's I above all else I love theater acting. I mean, I love sure. TV and film as well, but I love theater, and it's great. I'm waiting to hear from a couple of things I auditioned for to see if I'm going to be in those things coming up here in the fall. So. Wow. Wow, that's great, Rick. That's my background, too, is theater. Yeah, that's my background also. That's I, awesome. i got to ask you this. In your show, do you sneak in a little Say Hey Willie or uh, sooner, <laughs> sooner or later? Or? Yeah, we need no, to... Where's the... Yeah, we want the one-man Ricky Seagal, you know, soundtrack revisited show. Well, it's, it's interesting you say that because, no, first of all, my, the one-person show is based on the life of the Apostle Peter, and I think that would be a slight <laughs> bit out of touch. Okay. Okay. That's, that's hilarious. Uh, I love it. But I, I actually, I have long thought about doing something. Yeah. Um, one of the ideas I've had was just a book. Uh, I've actually talked to, to, to Johnny about that very thing. Okay. And uh, the other thing I thought about was a one was actually a one-person show that would incorporate some of the music of my dad, like the songs I just told you about, like when he was in the Smubs and the songs that came from the Partridge family and just doing a, an autobiographical one-person show. I've actually had that thought many times. Oh, I'm rooting for that. I love it. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say, Rick, if Partridge Family fans went to your show and you were doing something like that, that they probably would love it if you threw you threw in a Partridge Family tune. Or something. Oh, that's true. To yeah, have Ricky, after all these years singing lead on a Partridge Family song, I think that would be wild. That would be very cool. 
Well, it would be impossible to, <laughs> to it'd be impossible to do something autobiographical like that and not include parts oh, okay. stuff because okay. it is it is such a central and always has been a central part of my life and I'm really proud and honored to be able to say that I was a part of that show. That's awesome. Oh, that is so... Un uh, you know, isn't it amazing how that show just... It touched so many millions of lives then, and it's still touching people's lives, and I just love that. I do, too. It's... There's some things... And it's different. So, for example, you know, everybody compares because they were comparable at the time together with the Brady Bunch and the Partridge family. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and they both have an impact on folks in, in similar ways. Yeah. But a huge differentiation... There's just a there's a different something different that happened with Partridge Family specifically as it pertains to the music, and I think it's a testament to the fact of you had someone of the caliber of a, of a Shirley Jones, yeah, and then you had someone of the caliber of a David Cassidy who the Partridge Family themselves they they were legit, it, yeah. you know, for the most part. You know, David and Shirley was Dan would be the first one to admit he wasn't a bass player, but yeah. Well, then the you the writing of the music of Wes Farrell and right. and and John Baylor is it's just really special. Yeah, you fold all that together, uh, and it's hard to miss. And you know, that's always my mantra. I'm out there, you know, pointing the finger to the music. Yes, we know the Partridge Family for the TV show and all of its marketing image, but if you just turn the show off and you turn the music on. And you just listen to it. Um, you hear so much. You hear this incredible voice of David Cassidy that has that yeah. you know uh, is his own. There's no one's no one's been able to duplicate his sound. Then you've got Shirley Jones, who's part yeah. of it all. Who's in the you know was, was so uh, humble that she sang on the background and was very proud yeah. of her role and all that. Then you got a vocal yeah. arranger like John Baylor who put these yeah. harmonies together based on ideas from the mamas and the papas and you know it's just unbelievable the talent that went into putting that music together it's true and again like i said a moment ago I i've listened to, to my own album and marvels like when i listen to say hey willie the string arrangement on say hey willie okay. is absolutely gorgeous yeah yeah yeah, that's that brilliant four-year-old song. <laughs> yeah, those guys. Yeah, yeah, those guys that were the Wrecking Crew. Oh man, they were geniuses. They really were. Yeah, we should mention those songs are available for download because I looked it up last night on uh, iTunes and Amazon. And back in the day, it was a record album. Yeah, in the it stores. was. Yeah, Ricky Siegel and the Seagulls, and then you have the. The albums from the Partridge family, and then from there you've got all the albums that you know David practically came out with an album every year in the seventies. Right. Yeah, and I will have you know that I have a signed Ricky Seagull album on my wall. Thank you very much. I do not, and I think that's probably a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rick, here's a question for you. If you had a signed album on your wall, whose album would it be? That's a great question. Um, so the first two that come to mind would be Michael Jackson, because I knew Michael and I wish I had that. Wow. wow. Um, and then the other would be the only other musician songwriter besides Michael Jackson and my dad who have impacted my life the deepest is Paul McCartney. Okay. Wow, yeah. 
That is awesome. So, yeah. Rick, this has been a treat talking to you. This has been a lot of fun. And uh, the YouTube channel, if you want to see more or talk, yeah. hear more. Yeah, he's got this YouTube channel. and uh, Yeah, it's, it's, called, it's called Our Stupid Reactions. <laughs> it's really cute. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Our Stupid Reactions. I love it. Uh, but thank yeah. thank you for for taking a little time. We really appreciate it, uh, Rick. And uh, my we, pleasure. We do this every year, so uh, make your plans next June. Mark your calendar, okay. Rick. Okay. <laughs> it's Partridge Party here once a year, twice a year right. this year. And we're in no that Brady zone here. Me. Yeah, we're no Brady okay. zone. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, good, good. No, keep them away. <laughs> Maybe someday we'll get and a that Brady Oliver show. kid. Get him out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, and anybody who dares to compare you to Oliver, I'm taking them down God. now. He stole my haircut. <laughs> he did, yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Do you go to any of these uh, Hollywood things, uh, Hollywood shows, as Jenny? I, I do. I actually, man, I... I had originally intended to come to the the event chiller that's happening this year in in New Jersey, and um, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to make it. I really hope I can make it to the next one, and I've done the one that happened here. So yeah, I I've been able to do those in the past, and I hope I can do them again in the future. And anytime I've been asked to be a part of anything, like I was so happy when Johnny had years ago reached out to me for uh, when we're singing. It just really is an honor to be able to be a part of the legacy that is the Partridge family because it, it's so beloved and yes. respected, and it, it's it's just an honor to know that my name's associated with it in the small way that it is. Well, it was an honor to speak with you and to have your stories in that book and uh, uh, your your passion and the way that you remember it and the respect that you have for that show and that music is it touches. Um, I speak for the fans worldwide. It touches everybody. And, and so I am forever grateful to you for for um, being part of that book. Oh, thank you. And for anybody who needs a refresher course, uh, go to YouTube also. Put in Season 4, Partridge Family. And undoubtedly, there will be a Ricky Siegel uh, there will be. cut in there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> thank you, Rick, so much for uh, taking a few minutes. We We really enjoyed it. Of course. I had a great time speaking with you guys. Hey, thanks, Rick. We'll see ya. We'll talk to All you right. again, hopefully okay. down the road. All right. Have a good night. All right. Rick Siegel. How about that? Keep on that was fun, Johnny. Oh, yeah. Wasn't it? Was He's fun. such a great guy. Very cool. We're going to do a Partridge tune that you might know. Johnny's going to be with us. If you you could just hear from the comments why he's the authority. Come on. I mean, as much as much of a fan as I am, I couldn't say what you said. Expressed it that way is what I'm trying to say. Oh, so let's check it out. <laughs> but thanks to Ricky. That was, Rick. Hey, I keep wanting to call him Ricky. Rick. Yeah. You, you've been watching the TV show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> On Island Time Tonight.
and spring up in my bed Screaming out the words I dread I think I love you This morning I woke up with this feeling I didn't know how to deal with And so I just decided to myself I'd hide it to myself And never talk about it And did not go and shout it When you walked into the room
Passed out in my hammer And got a slip to way past noon Stood up and tried to focus I hoped I wouldn't have to look far I knew I could use a Bloody Mary Through a stumble next door to the bar And now I must confess It's a most peculiar grave Strolling down the avenue That's known as a one Feeling tired and I got inspired I knew that it wouldn't last long So all alone I walked back home Sat on my beach and then I made up this song And
right, that is Call On Me, a great one from 1974 uh, from Chicago. We also had in there uh, Come On, Get Happy from David Cassidy. He recorded that many years later mm-hmm. after the show had been long gone. In fact, it might have been early 2000s, I think. It was, that's early right. 2000s. He got back the Wrecking Crew uh, musicians. He brought back the Baylor singers. Yeah, he did. He called them personally, all of them. Did he really? Okay. Yeah. I remember when all that was going down, and it was just like, oh, that's so awesome. And uh, what else do we have? Trying to reason with the hurricane season. Jimmy Buffett on the Island Time Radio Show, DK on duty. It's a special show, but we do this in June, but we had so many problems in June. We're making good tonight, and we made it even better with Rick Siegel as a guest. That was so fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's just such a great guy to talk to. He has great stories. That was very very fun. We could have had him on an hour and a half. Yeah, easily. Tell you what.
morning the sun just stabbed me in the eye Surrounded by the remnants of an evening gone awry Turned my eyes away But as far as I could see there were lives in disrepair Human wreckage everywhere There was a beach, there was a party And the crowd began to shout At the Church of Good Tequila The godless souls were crying out It got real crazy then The crowd began to move The band began to play We all got swept away Oh, I can't remember I've never gone this far before And I guess I should be thankful I can't fall off of the floor Waking up to see all those freaky little tiki faces laughing back at me Freaky little tiki faces laughing back at me Bit of moral relaxation made the crowd begin to grow No one was indecisive about just how far they should go Must have been a tiki spell Must have been a trance that made us act that way The night just slipped away The tiki's came to life that night When no one else was there They robbed me of my clothes And left me laying in this chair It's the only answer It happened way too fast It's all a dream to me That's all that it could be I've never gone this far before And I guess I should be thankful I can't fall off of the floor Oh, it's mighty shocking Waking up to see all those Freaky little tiki faces Laughing back at me Freaky little tiki faces
singing that off the air. Yeah, man. What a great song. Summer Days from the Sound Magazine album. The ultimate... It's debatable, I guess, but my favorite yeah. part is the family album. And Brian Forster's. And Brian Forster's. Yeah. In fact, that's why we played that song, because we have Brian Forster on the telephone. We're going to talk to him. I know that's one of his favorite Partridge Family songs. Jim Morris was in there with Freaky Tiki Faces and, let's see, Sailing to Paradise from Pablo Cruz who we got to see last week in concert after so many years, and a trap rock song that I didn't even realize was on the World's Away album. That's a great cut. It is called Sailing to Paradise. We also had Chicago in there. Call on me. We're going to take a very quick break. When we come back, we got Brian Forster and Jeff Pike joining us. And Jeff Pike has a brand new song that's not even going to be available for another five days or so. We're going to debut it tonight on Island Time. It's Jeff Pike and Gino Vanelli together. Wow. We talked about it, remember? He yeah. It's finally coming out. It is our Partridge Family Yacht Rock Retro Trap Rock Night. <laughs> That's quite a combination. <laughs> With Johnny Johnny Ray Miller in the house, of course. <laughs> our Partridge Family uh, author, expert, When We're Singing is the name of the book. Uh, WhenWe'reSinging.com is still out there as a website, yeah. right? Right, yep. So check out the book, folks, if you haven't uh, discovered it by now. We have some cool guests on the telephone. First of all, Brian Forster... 
who was Chris Partridge on the Island Time or on the uh, Partridge Family Show, and he's back on the Island Time shows. And I'm trying to say, welcome back, Brian. Hey, Brian. Hello, hey, Brian. And oh, there's Jeff too. That other voice is Jeff Pike of A1A. I love it, Jeff. What's going on? Brian, Johnny, Dennis, the gang's all here. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> Where's the bus? Where's the bus? You know, we don't even need a bus anymore with this. This is great, right? It's the here we are. Um, Brian, I I've got the award for Brian as the Brian needs the award of most dedicated partridge. I have oh, yeah, I like that. Because you're always there, man. You are always there. Oh, well, I don't know about always, but yeah, <laughs> I try. He has my vote. Well, I'm glad you made it tonight. I, I know you're a little bit under the weather, but thank you, Brian, for checking in. Sure. And, you know, uh, it's funny, while you were playing Summer Days and, and listening to David, I was reflecting on how when they cast him in the show, that they, they hired him for his acting and his looks, and they didn't know he could sing, which is just right. ironic. Yeah, isn't it? I mean, the singing is just, it's so good. I know. It's amazing. We were just talking before you came on about that perfect chemistry of uh, talent that came together for that show. And the, it, it, from the cast all the way into the recording studio, you know, wrecking crew musicians on those albums, uh, background vocalists that were singing on absolutely everybody's records uh, from Barbara Streisand and Michael Jackson to you name it. And, you know, it's all part of this magic thing called the Partridge Family. And you see it on that very first album. They were going to just have him kind of uh, mimic the uh, studio musicians. You see it on a couple tracks on that first album. But then they, it was such a happy surprise. Wow, this guy's good. Yeah, yeah. And he ends up singing lead on everything after that. So it was amazing. I like to have been a fly on the wall or uh, when they were... When they first found out wherever that was, kind of, and know whether it be a studio session or a, or a screen test or something, when they finally really heard the guy saying, "Yeah," and my balls just dropped, and they're yeah. like, "Oh my god!" I can only imagine what that must have must have been like. Oh yeah, can you Crazy. imagine? Oh gosh, I mean, I'm sure all they saw was dollar signs. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> well, we decided. We decided to do this again uh, because the first time we did it early in the summer, we had some technical glitches. But Brian had told some terrific stories last time about uh, one of the the stories that you told that I remember so well was you'd get these celebrity phone calls at your house when you were a kid. And uh, once in a while, Betty Davis would would check in. Is that right, Brian? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, that was because uh, my, my dad, well, stepdad, and Betty Davis were friends. And so she would call the house, and um, I was raised to be very polite on the phone and always ask them, they ask who's calling. So she would call, and it's like, even at whatever age I was, like, who else would sound like this? Oh, mask who's calling? Oh, it's <laughs> Betty Davis. Like, uh-huh, okay. I think I knew this, but all right, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> oh, that's such a great story. Who else would sound like that, right, as you said? Yeah, who else would sound like that? <laughs> and then there was when Charlton Heston would call, because my dad was on the board of the of, uh, Screen Actors Guild when Heston was the president. And that was another funny one where my mom would answer the phone, and then she'd go, Honey, Moses is on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> 
And for anybody who doesn't know, we always cover this. Uh, was was your grandfather was on Batman or your your, your grandfather? Grand, yep. Yeah. Alfred. Alfred on on Batman. Yeah. I was a yeah. big Batman fan. That that uh, that show was one I watched all the time. That was the first show I think I ever watched. Yeah, me too. I think. Uh, and of course, your uh, distant relative of Charles Dickens, which we've talked about, and that came up on your first date with your wife. I remember. Uh, among other things, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah she, <thought laughs> she was impressed. She thought though. I was a big big fat liar. Oh, really? And then she said, when I get back from the date, I am going to check you out on Google. And on our oh. next date, she came back and she said, wow, you weren't lying. Wow. <laughs> I love that. Excellent. Well, when did when did she find out about the Partridge family connection? Um, so we went out a time or two, but then the time that we were kind of alone, alone, I said, so that... Uh, Anybody talk about me at the party? And she goes, well, what do you mean? And I started to tell her what my story was, and she, that's when she went, no way. The, the irony is that she was raised by some uh, older grandparents who wouldn't let them watch TV, and she had no clue wow. how big the Partridge family was. Wow. The first autograph wow. show I did when people were, you know, lining up to get my autograph, she just was humbled. She said, oh my God, I had no idea the show was this big. I'm like, yeah. That's yeah. funny. Wow, that's a great story. My wife's parents wouldn't let her watch the show because she thought it was too crazy. Yeah. <laughs> really? Oh, really? that's that's a mind blower, isn't it? That is a mind blower. <laughs> oh. I wasn't allowed to watch Love American Style. That was yeah, too, too crazy. That was another one she wasn't allowed to watch. <laughs> but I have shown her many of the reruns since. Yeah. Go ahead, Jeff. That was, a little, that was a little risque for young teenage boys back in the day when you go back and look at it. Which I one? Mean, it Love, was, it Love was, America style? Love American style. I mean, yeah. it was kind of tame. Yeah. But looking back at it, I, I can see where some parents might not have. Uh, yeah. Of course, I watched it. Which, <laughs> so did I. <laughs> we stayed up till 10 o'clock. I, know, I never watched. Yep. I never got away with anything. I never. I still don't get away with anything. That's so, just, yeah, it's okay. oh well. You know, boo hoo hoo. This is where we insert the, uh, the 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 noise that goes oh. <laughs> right, I know. Yeah. I was kind of waiting for that, but oh. yeah. Oh. You, live, you live the life. You live the life we all want to live. <laughs> oh, Jeff, you're just too good. Now, Brian uh, Forster uh, these days is a car race car driver. We talked about that, and you're still active doing that, right? Oh yeah. And, uh, We're sort of in a break. Next one's coming up in a few weeks, but uh, yep. And where, where again? Do you do that mainly in California? Uh, West Coast mostly. So uh, yeah. Sears Point Raceway, Laguna Seca, um, Portland occasionally. So yeah, West Coast. Were you affected by the wildfires out there? The Canadian fires. No, we're far away from that. Oh, okay. And we're far away from the floods in L.A., but, you know, it's funny watching the last couple of days. Where I grew up in L.A., Beverly Glen Canyon was, we had our share of mudslides and floods, and I, I wonder if oh. they, they must have gotten hit to some extent, because that place was bad anyway, so uh, yeah. I hope they're all right. Yeah, wow. But you gotta, you're got uh, distant from that current storm. Yeah. yeah, I'm in the wine country, so, you know, if things really go bad, you just open up a bottle of wine, and <laughs> everything's good. There you go. <laughs> I'm all in. 
Our buddy Jeff Pike, a a fellow Partridge Family fanatic, got to meet you a couple years ago while he was touring in Abomania. And uh, Brian got to go to the show. So you guys know each other now. Yep. That was a lot of fun. We're buds. (laughs) That was a lot of fun. It really was. We had uh, dinner before the show. He came backstage and and that's it photos and gave photos to all the guys and the girls in the band it was very cordial we had a great time that was so much fun Brian I was surprised you came I know it was a treat it was a it was a real nice treat now Uh, I just gotta see A1A yes now you gotta come now you gotta see A1A I'm gonna have to fly you out here one day as a a treat (laughs) but you're gonna you'll have to have to uh, you'll have to play a song though Jeff, when you, you met my drummer Wayne. Yeah, you need to do Partridge Mania and put Brian up there behind oh. the drums. You know, you're, I know you probably know Dennis probably knows this. Back in the '90s, there was a band called Sound Magazine. Yeah, and they were like the first Partridge Family tribute. And uh, and I knew I talked to the guy that ran that used to run that. It was the lead singer played David a handful of times. I never got to see him, but I often wonder what happened to him. But, uh, yeah, I, I think they did that for about four or five years. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Seeing yeah. the website and so yeah. forth. And, uh, but, uh, I think I'd they, be happy to be a Partridge Mania kind of guy. Let's do it. We'll, <laughs> we'll bring you out of retirement, Brian. Yeah, I'm Brian. Happy to, uh, I, you know me. I'm really, I have no problem wearing costumes. I'm happy to dress up. <laughs> <laughs> you could change from being Benny and Abba to uh, Keith, really. Yeah, yeah. I, I could do that. And we could let uh, Johnny could be... Uh, could be uh, Dave Madden. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh my God! <laughs> Johnny could be Ruben Kincaid. I can see Johnny pulling off Ruben Kincaid. I'm all in. Let's do it. What the heck? Yeah, we thought Ruben was so old when we were kids, and now we're all older than Ruben. We're yeah, older than Ruben. Was, yeah, isn't it crazy? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you know, so, it is it's funny. So what else? What else has been going on, Brian? Anything uh, exciting? What else has been going on? Boy, I'll tell you, I'm just, uh, for somebody who's supposed to be retired, it's like, where's all the spare time go, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know the feeling. I, I don't play golf, and it's a good thing because uh, I wouldn't have time for it. But there you go. between dealing with the house and the race car and the family and everything else, I'm pretty busy. Yeah, I, I, I'm some. I'm not really retired, but I'm working part-time. But it's the same, I'm the same way. It's like, I'm not free at all <laughs> yeah doing something all the time uh and but i the, think that's a good thing i mean the, somebody who works a job or whatever and then retires and thinks they're just gonna sit around fishing all day it's amazing how often the, and i don't mean that this is gonna sound morbid but within a year or two they're often dead it's yeah, like yeah. they're so used to the routine they don't know what to do so right. i'm glad that i yeah do a bunch of different things you know yeah that stuff to right keep us busy yeah absolutely and uh, Jeff Pike, anything exciting to tell? Now we're going to debut a brand new song tonight. This is very exciting—a brand new Je- Jeff Pike song that you recorded with Gino Vanelli. Yes, sir. I've been looking forward to this one for a while, and I think it's—I've uh, been saving it for you, Dennis, because I think it's got kind of a, a yacht rock, trop rock feel to it. But I think uh, well, you've heard it by now. Maybe you, maybe you can give me your opinion on well, that. And I'm looking forward to. I heard about ten seconds of it because I downloaded it before I came to the show, so I didn't have much time. But I did catch a little bit of it, and uh, yeah, it's it's uh, uh, got a cool theme to it. And this is a little more upbeat than the other ones that you've released so far. 
Yes, it is. So I've been looking forward to this a lot. So uh, it's got a nice video to go right along with it that was produced by Ross Manelli. And then it's called Sunset on LA. And I think you'll like it. Excellent. We're going to debut it. It comes out Friday. The video does. It's always a a single does too. But this is the first time that anybody's ever going to hear it. So you get to debut it. Trap Rock debut on the radio tonight. I love it. Uh, Jeff Pike with, and Gino with the Partridge Family Crew. I love it. With the Partridge Family Crew in tow. <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, Johnny, do you have any more questions for Brian? Or no, I mean, uh, you know, Brian, I know over there is uh, recovering, trying to recover from a cold, right, Brian? Yes. yes. Mm, yeah, it's more like a cold flu hybrid. It's uh, pretty bad. Oh. But, uh, we persevere. Oh, man. I hate when that stuff starts going around. Well, get well not soon. COVID again, is it? Yeah, I hope you get better soon. Yeah, I hope it's not COVID. Me too. I got things to do, you know. Well, that's, I just talked about it. So, exactly. yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, we appreciate you we're taking... Actually, uh, we got a new toy hauler to go racing with. Oh. And we're going to take right. it out this coming weekend on its maiden voyage to make sure everything works right and get ready for the races. So... Uh, hopefully, uh, I'll get well enough to do that. Wow. When is the race? Uh, September 9th and 10th. Wow. All it's right. our big fundraiser, actually. They raise, they give rides around the racetrack and various race cars, raising money for children's charities. Wow. So it's, uh, it's a wow. fundraiser. It's cool. Oh, that's great. Do you know what charities specifically? It's called Children's Charities. Oh, so it's... That uh, is the name of it. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Wow, that's fantastic. So, and I don't know what they do exactly. I should know this, but I don't. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, it's a... Like I said, it's a charity. And, uh, no, I can't give you a ride in my car unless you can figure out a way to strap onto the back of it and hold onto the roll bar. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Well, Brian, thank you Which for... sounds like it's kind of rude, but never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no. Thank you for taking some time with us tonight. We appreciate it, as always, and yeah. uh, we'll do it again next summer, God willing. Yeah. Thanks, Not Brian. Bad. Thanks for coming back. See you, Brian. Good talking to you. All right. You guys take care. And Jeff Pike, we are going to debut the song right now with you and Gino Vanelli. It is called Sunset on L.A., right? Yes, sir. All right. Thanks, guys, yes, both of you. Yes, sir, my buddies. Thank Thanks, you guys. Love for y'all. checking in. Bye-bye. Love you guys. All right.
Some more live Pablo Cruz for you right here on Island Time. That is uh, Place in the Sun, title track from the 1977 album. We head in there. I'm on my way back home by the Partridge Family Sound Magazine album. And uh, as I recall, Johnny, in your book, you said that that could have been an, an Airlines commercial. Yeah, Jack Keller. <laughs> that's true. Jack Keller was one of the writers on that. He co-wrote that with um, Bobby Hart. Um, it was one of their only collaborations, and uh, when I interviewed, well, I interviewed his son because he had uh, been passed away, and his son found old notes that his dad had written, and in the notes, he literally read it to me over the telephone wow. uh, that Jack had written should have been uh, an airline commercial. Oh, really? That's where that came from. Yeah. That's funny. That's where that came from, yeah. That is funny. I never thought of it that way, but... Uh, I never did either. In retrospect, listening to the lyrics. Now, you had a uh, you brought up a t- uh, topic. What songs... What songs... Now, the Parks family should have recorded. Should have recorded. If, if they, they were going to do, say, more covers, what do you think? What so, should so they have recorded? You're thinking cover songs, obviously. Yeah. Because we don't know what kind of original songs they would have done. But So uh, that's a question there for the fans, too. They yeah. should yeah, post some ideas there. What should the Partridge family have recorded? Because some of the covers were kind of odd. Like, the greatest example is We've Got to Get Out of This Place. <laughs> that is the oddest but, one. By uh, Eric Burden and the Animals. And I have to envision that David Cassidy was behind that, because, you know, that was his kind of music, oh, okay. and Barry Mann and Cynthia Wilde, they were really hot songwriters of the day. Uh, they were available. Uh, their work was available through Screen Gems. So I'll just bet you that that was uh, something that David really wanted to do. It's so funny, because in the uh, Partridge version... Of we got to get out of this place. It's uh, we got to get out of it. And in the background. You hear ba da ba ba. Yeah, yeah. Ba-da-ba-ba. Well, Just, you know that's my least favorite Partridge Family song, and yeah. it's because I have a hard time with the Partridge Family saying we got to get out of this place. It just kind of goes against, like, you know. <laughs> What episode of the Partridge Family would they ever have this attitude about gotta get out of this place? I don't know. It just doesn't fit for me. Maybe when they were stuck in the cabin and the rain. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they should have used it on that episode. Right. See, I'm always thinking about it. And you know what? I don't think they used that song on any episode. On the show. Yeah. Yeah. What is your favorite... uh, Let's talk about the show a little bit. What is your favorite episode? Do you have a favorite? Yeah, I mean... I could think of one that I absolutely love. Uh, if you put the Christmas episode aside, which is probably my favorite. Really? You know, that, yeah. that one to me, I like it, but it's not my favorite. No, yeah. mine is from the last season of the show, season four, uh, and the title of it is Keith and Lori Bell, and it's where... Really? Yeah, Lori has to pose as Keith's date. Right. All right, because he's trying to impress this girl, and there's just something about that, the chemistry between the two of them, and her coming out dressed as a Southern Belle. It, ma- it made me laugh out loud when I was little. It still does. That just cracks me up. This is fascinating, because I, I never thought that. I never liked that one. That I love that, and Susan Day is so... That's, she's so good yeah it was a, an episode where she her, got to shine a little i was just gonna say it gave her a chance to be a different kind of a character yeah than to just simply be laurie yeah yeah and uh well my favorite one there's a few favorites but my favorite one is the camping one where yeah, that's uh, a great one. laurie and shirley are going off to camp and then uh, danny uh, rubin of course gets involved <laughs> And Keith all seemed like they have to be the protective. Uh, They're going to rescue them only to be rescued themselves right, at the right. end. <laughs> I love that. And they rush out to the uh, the camp 
uh, the woods, and yeah, they don't yeah. have any provisions with them, and that's just one of my favorites. Well, maybe that's where they should have put, we got to get out of this that's place, That's another, right? <laughs> another example. But that scene where, uh, when, when they're so desperate for anything, and Ruben's ripping open his suitcase, and he's got a... He goes, take away, take my suit. <laughs> that, that's just that's at the thing. end where they're all like, please, please help us, right. please. Right. <laughs> it's so funny, and it's funny that was such an action-packed show. I don't even know if there was a song in that one, you know, because there was always a song. Yeah, you know? but I can't. And some of those, the the plot was so busy they didn't have time for the because they were out in the road or they were out in the woods. Yeah, who's got time for a show? And you know what's interesting is how they shifted <laughs> the show after the first season. They were always on the road in the first season. Right. You know, always on the bus, always going somewhere and then it, it was more uh, season two about staying home and kind of being part of the community and the problems at school and uh, a little bit more of that and a little bit less of the bus. Do you think it was really that, or do you think the producers just got a little lazy and said, oh, well, you know, it'd be easier just to... Well, I'll go into my partridge nerddom here and yeah. answer that question, because I do know the answer. Okay. okay. Uh, they intentionally did that. So there was a conversation about uh, appealing to, uh, if you want to say, Mr. and Mrs. America. And so they wanted to do more stories at home. Another shift they made was because uh, David Cassidy was now a superstar, and so all of that comedy that happened in season one that went between Reuben Kincaid and Danny Partridge now was kind of rewritten for season two to uh, be between Danny Bonaducci and David Cassidy. And so uh, Dave Madden always joked that he was relegated to the tags. You know, we'd right? see him in the beginning, see him at the end. Yeah, but that was done because uh, David David slammed out of the gate and hit it so big. I think the chemistry, comedy chemistry, was awesome between uh, Ruben and Danny, and and to David uh, to an extent, but more yeah, so Danny. I agree. Yeah, and uh, you, we all know the story that uh, he ended up being almost like a father to him because he would go away with him on the weekends. We're talking Danny and David. David Madden. in real, oh, yeah. in real life, in real life, yes, yeah, 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 that's yeah. right. Yeah, and. Uh, this is something a lot of people don't know. Uh, when David was getting to the end of season four and saying, you know what, this is enough for me, I'm out of here, they were w worried because they were kind of like, well, maybe we can keep this thing going. And Rick Springfield was considered yeah, that's to be right. the new Keith. Right. And a slew of others. You would be surprised at some of the names that they actually talked about auditioning for that. And they had different ideas, too. They were never really going to replace Keith Partridge. They were looking for a way to replace the absence of David Cassidy. So if this guy would have, if Rick Springfield would have ended up on the show, he wouldn't have been Keith? Their, um, their talk was to bring in a family next door and uh, that, that David would have been a friend of Keith Partridge's. Yeah, right. Yeah, who would then join the band. But, well, yeah. Keith would have just been off to college or something. Yeah, that was that was the idea. <laughs> It would have been a terrible show. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad it never <laughs> happened, you know? Yeah, I, I think yeah. I am, too. Yeah. That's wild. I, I've always thought he would have been the, uh, the other Keith. All right. That would have been jumping the shark, right? The, right, exactly. Right. The funny part about the bus in the later series, and I never really thought about it too much until you pointed it out in the book, that that they weren't in the bus anymore. Yeah. But it was always uh, in, the part, in the driveway. Yeah. So there would be this occasional shot of the driveway, and there it would be. So we kind of knew, oh, yeah, they still have the bus. They're just yeah. not in it very often. Can you imagine if you had a bus like that, what the neighbors would be? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd love to have had a bus like that. I'd be in it now. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go for it. <laughs> I'm ready. I love it.
We're going to throw a song in here right now, which is a Yacht Rock song from a Yacht Rock band out of L.A. that is recording music. This is starting to be a new thing now. It's not just Yacht Rock bands playing live. They're recording. And this is a song called Sex on the Beach from Yachtly Crew. On Island Time, in the last hour, we're going we're gonna to go a little nuts with some old uh, Partridge stuff. And we got Ryan Cassidy coming. Yeah. So stick stick around, folks. One more hour to go on Island Time. Friday night I was late at the Mai Tai Cafe. I was a few drinks deep when she wandered my way. What are you drinking tonight? I'd be happy to buy. Don't know what you want. Here's a few you could try. You could have a dark and stormy. Or a martini, a French connection, a fine cognac, a whiskey sour, or a Sazerac. And she looked at me, said, I know what I need, I'll have sex on the beach. With a drink in her hand and a look in her eye, she led me.
sex on the beach. That is from Yachtly Crew. That's right out of L.A. New Yacht Rock Band. And uh, we are on our Yacht Rock, Trop Rock, Retro, Partridge Family Night with Johnny Ray Miller in the house. Oh, man, what fun, huh? <laughs>
get it on most every night And when that moon gets big and bright It's supernatural delight Everybody's dancing out of sight They don't bark and they don't bite They keep things loose They keep things light Everybody's dancing in the moonlight Everybody's dancing in the moonlight Everybody's feeling warm and bright It's such a fine natural sight Everybody's dancing That song right there was a big hit for King Harvest in the 70s, but that is Orleans' more recent recording of it with steel drums in there and everything. Love it. Dancing in the Moonlight. We had Get It On from Chase, 1971, and Cheryl said she uh, had a routine in her majorette. Uh, was it majorettes? Not majorette. They, they called us drill team. Drill team. But we were really a dance team, danced at the halftime of basketball games and had a great routine to that song. I can just picture it. Well, you must have been a fast, oh, yeah. a fast routine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we also had Steely Dan in there with Black Cow. We have Ryan Cassidy on the telephone, folks. And we're going to talk to Ryan about uh, all kinds of stuff oh, after, yeah. this, after this quick break. On Island Time tonight. Thanks so much for tuning into our special special show. We have uh, Johnny Ray Miller in the house. Cheryl Lang is with us, of course. And we're going to go to a uh, little Partridge David nuts here in a minute, uh, musically. I always love that. It's the end of the uh, show fun, as we know. Right. Right on the telephone, though, right now, I should say, is Ryan Cassidy. Ryan, welcome back. Ryan. Thanks. Hey, everybody. Hey, hey. hey Johnny. So great to have you back. 
Yeah, great to be back. Hey, we're over here talking, all this talk about music, and I'm thinking about how we, um, you know, uh, we talked so much about James Cagney and the movies, and we've talked Partridge before, but we've hardly ever talked about your kind of music and what you like and what you listen to. I'm just kind of curious. Oh. Yeah. You know, I I have a a fairly large... um, collection of songs in my phone that I listen to, and they go back to the 60s, um, certainly the Beatles, um, Elvis Presley. Yeah, I, in fact, one of the things that I do during the day just to sort of chill out is I'll pop my earplug in and I'll and I'll put all, all these songs on, I'll just listen to them. But I, I would think the decade of the 70s when I was a child was probably most influential on me as far as music goes. Yeah. And, um, there's so many bands out of the 70s that really were uh, hit home for me that were really, um, and really the solo artists as well that were really, uh, the, that I listened to. And uh, and into the 80s. And of course the 80s was when I was a teenager. And so, yeah, you know, both between the 70s and the 80s, both those decades uh, were very instrumental in, in my music, uh, um, in, in my mind as far as just how music affected me. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, I, I, there's a whole list of people. I mean, Paul McCartney and Wings. I mean, I was my daughter and I were talking about the concerts that I went to when I was a kid. And um, I just, it, it just, there's so many different artists. Um, yeah. So it's, uh, it's really hard to pinpoint one. Um, obviously, growing up in a musical family, music was a big part of my life. Yeah. And, uh, Still is my daughter is now sort of embarking on on singing and and uh, she was she was in Oklahoma last year at school so wow music music is part of my part of my world yeah in a big way <laughs> yeah now you're not like Very much so. You're not like me, uh, Ryan. You're not sitting there with a stack of Partridge albums. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not that I don't like... I love the Partridge family music, too. Don't get me wrong. I'll send uh, you a few copies, Ryan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I've never had any LPs, Partridge family LPs. I've had, I've had every one. <laughs> you know, I, I am no different than, than, uh, than, the, than the people that love the Partridge family you know, music and, and watching the television series. I watched it, too, with my brothers. So yeah. it, was, it was a part of our life, you know. Yeah. I hung out with my mother on the set of when she was shooting the show, so... I was going to ask you um, about that. You, you did do that a few times, so you have some memories. Oh, there. yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact... The show was was filmed about five minutes from our home, and, wow. and right here in Burbank, and um, at the at the at what was called the Columbia Studios at the time. It was it then became the Warner Brothers Ranch, and the the exterior of the home was was actually was an actual house, if you will, but it was a set house, so it was really a facade, and the inside of it was kind of a shell. But then the interior parts of the house were done on stage 29 and 30, which is, uh, the stages are still there, but unfortunately they're, they're starting to tear down the structures of where these homes were. But yeah, I spent a lot of time there as a child. Do you remember meeting uh, uh, Rick Siegel? Rick? I do, but very vague uh, recollection, but I do remember meeting him. He was more yeah. focused on Suzanne Crow. That's is there, yeah, yeah. That's where he had I his eyes. A, a bit of a crush on her. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 
The only thing missing was that when you sat behind the bus wheel and you were pretending to drive the bus and you opened the door, the only thing yeah. missing was James Cagney wanting to step onto the bus. Right. And the keys <laughs> to the bus to start it up so I could drive it away. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But yeah, James Cagney coming on board. <laughs> now that would have um, been something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, ironically during those years was the was the day that I I accidentally uh, was dropped off at the Cagney's residence in Beverly Hills and had an amazing five hour four or five hour afternoon spent with him that was truly magical. Yeah, that is true. And uh, that is turned Johnny into this I, brand new book. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Johnny and I wrote a book about it. So. James and, Cagney was my babysitter's the title, and it's a really sweet story. Yeah, it sure is, and it's out there, uh, still happening, and in, in uh, it's on Amazon and um, in Barnes and Noble, I believe. And <clears throat> Ryan, yeah. yeah, Ryan was didn't weren't you talking about doing a book signing at the Barnes and Noble out there? Yeah, in fact, I have been to the two big Barnes and Nobles out here, and they both uh, are carrying the book and have expressed interest in me coming and doing a signing there so that's fantastic the, uh, I, i've gotten it it's it's in motion and we'll we'll see you know when that when that gets uh, put on the calendar so it's it's all good news the yeah. book has been out since march and has done really really well thus yeah. far um and we're both very proud of it it's yeah. um it's it's really cool when you walk into a store like barnes and nobles and you see it on the shelf yeah. That's a, a very rewarding feeling. Oh, man. Isn't that true? I remember when yeah. uh, the Partridge Family book came out, I went into the store and took pictures of it sitting on the shelf because <laughs> I couldn't believe it was real. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a great feeling. It's, it's an accomplishment. And it's a, it's a really sweet story that you can read in, in less than 25 minutes, and um, it, it'll warm your heart. Yeah, it will. Um, because it's it's completely authentic and it was straight from my heart. And it's like a true was was a big part of that. Oh, thanks, Ryan. Yeah, it's it's a true story, and yet it's it's a universal story too about friendship and imagination and uh, you know making friends and trust. It's all that's those are all themes that are in this. Um, precious little story that is a true story on top of it all. That's exactly right. Yeah, And it is called James Cagney Was My Babysitter. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Casty with mm -hmm. uh, John, Johnny Ray Miller. Yep. Uh, That's yep. uh, And you can get that on Amazon. With, we have a great yeah. publisher. They they just, uh, we have to mention them. Um, man, they were, they've just been so wonderful and they put that book together. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they were, uh, we were all in sync with each other and they really um, believed in it from the get-go and um, you know it was one of those everything had to come together at the same time and it did with them and yeah. uh, it, it was just magical good night um, books so, that's, uh, that's yeah good night books is our publishing company okay. Harry and Robert um, it's their company and they're just terrific people yeah so, yeah they are very, very grateful to them for, for taking the chance to, to make this book happen. We've mentioned this on the show uh, in your past appearances. You also work on a show that my wife watches constantly, NCIS. That is correct. <laughs> I, I am 
I'm currently, well, I'm not currently working on it because there's there's nothing going on right now because it's a strike. But, right, uh, right. But yeah, I will be back to work on NCIS uh, season 21, if you will, which is, oh. I haven't been there season, uh, 21 seasons, but uh, it'll be my third season with the, the gang, and it's been an incredible experience uh, working on it. Gary Cole has um, kind of stepped in uh, for the Gibbs character, for Mark Harmon's character, and he is a, a gem of a human being, um, good friend, and another sort of uh, you know collaboration of sorts that came together um, kind of accidentally where I there was all these different connections and, and Gary was one of them because I'd already known him and uh, the man that actually hired me who's my boss he's the set decorator he and I came into the business the same year and he started on JAG which kind of morphed into NCIS and he and I are working together uh, once again, and we started together. So it's um, it's been a, a really great experience for me. I was thinking about the show today and how much I miss working on it. Um, just because we've been out of work now for four months. So right. Gary. But I'm optimistic that, that it will all get uh, resolved and we'll be back to work soon. Okay. I tell you what, I don't think my wife my wife watches anything else. That's just all. Oh she, no, kidding! That's all she watches. No kidding. So <laughs> N- so NCIS is her babysitter. There's right? a, there's <laughs> some channel that airs it like constantly, and it's always on. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> it's yeah. always on. Uh, Gary Cole yeah. also, by the way, this is interesting. You may or may not remember he played a, a Mr. Brady in one of those Brady movies. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Brady movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. you're you're going down that Brady I'm path going, again. I know this is supposed Dennis. to be a no Brady yeah. zone. No Brady zone here now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that snapped yeah. in my head when you mentioned he it. He, well, he's done a lot of great roles. He's been, he's been a lot of great characters yes. in, in, in different movies, and uh, he's. Um, He's just such a fun guy to work with, and and he's so down to earth and so genuine, and um, such a he, he's such a he has so much conviction in him as an actor. He's just he's really just great. So I'm very very lucky uh, to work with him. Excellent. He was a big fan of yeah. James Cagney was my babysitter too. Okay. He was indeed. In fact, in fact, if I, if I may, he in the beginning of this whole uh, the start of this idea about making this book i was working on the show and i went to him and i said gary this is an idea that i have and i've had it for 25 years and kind of told him the storyline and everything and he loved it he said ryan he said i could see that being a, a little movie at some point or a big movie he said i he loved it and he was one of the first people that i gave a copy well, to call spielberg now <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, it was. Uh, anyway, it was, I mean, I ended up taking the books, the books to work, and giving them out to people, and or you know, it was just great. So, here's an oddball question: Do you have a favorite Partridge or David song? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's see. A favorite Partridge song or David? You know. Um, uh, there's so many of them. Um, I mean, I can feel your heartbeat. It's oh, one I love of my favorite Partridge songs. I can feel your heartbeat. Um, yeah, yeah. David's uh, as a, as a solo artist. You know, um, I, there's there's so many. I I don't I can't. 
uh, I can't think of any off the top of my head. Yeah, uh, laying myself I mean, cherish. There's, there's, yeah, cherish. Well, you know, it's funny because I have the original forty-five to cherish. Okay, uh, so did or, I. Or a, an original forty-five, and and I would no. say I was listening to that song recently, actually, and but not David's version. And then I went to listen to David's version. It was just really cool. So, so much different than yeah, the so much yeah, yeah. yeah, very different. That's always the key to a cover. If you can make it totally. Separate, Yours. Separate like, from the other one. Yeah. yeah, sort of like Karen Carpenter did that with Superstar, right? I Bette Midler just... Uh, right. Of, and Ticket to Ride. And Ticket to Ride, uh, yeah. She really, kind of a hush, yeah. She yeah. did the same thing. So, hey, Ryan yeah. Cassidy, this has been a blast having you on again. I Thank you so much for coming back. Uh, it's my pleasure, and, and uh, thanks for having me, Dennis. And, and I'm so happy to be here, and I hope everyone's good and safe out there. And... Um, you know, and uh, once again, thank you for having me. It's been it's been an absolute pleasure. Hey, how's the uh, weather out there? By the way, you're right in the heart of it all. <laughs> well, you know, it uh, knock on wood, it actually, at least in this area, it wasn't too bad. It was basically just a big tropical storm that came through. Um, we all sort of hunkered down yesterday and kind of was like, okay, what's what's next? What's next? And all you heard was rain. Uh, not even, too, you know, it wasn't even windy. Oh, so wow. Great. It, it was very mild compared to what the weather reports were saying. I mean, there were people standing in lines the day before to get, you know, food and as if as if Armageddon was headed our way. And, oh, uh, man. It, right. it, it was um, it was really pretty, pretty minor compared to what the news had, had stated. So, oh, well, um, that's good. For that, I'm... I'm very, very lucky. Not that, to, and the, the irony is that in the middle of it all, there was a, a minor, a, a small earthquake. It was centered in Hawaii. Yeah, 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 we yeah. heard about so this. So that was also kind of a an added bonus to the day of, you know, <laughs> yeah. walking on pins and needles. Yeah. But uh, we're, we're all good. We're all safe. And um, I'm just thankful for that. So. Oh, great. Great. Excellent. Well, good luck with the book, yeah. and uh, hopefully you get back to work soon. And uh, yeah, thank you uh, once again for doing this, Ryan Cassidy on Island Time. Thank, thank you, thanks hey. everybody. Have a great night. You too. Thanks, Ryan. We'll do this again down the road, right. Ryan. Take care now. Very good. Look uh, forward to it. Take all right. care, guys. Ryan Cassidy for crying out loud. Yeah, right here. And for anybody who doesn't know, what is his relationship to David? That is his youngest brother. Youngest brother, surely. Half brother, but yeah, um, half brother. but they all were so close. They never really felt looked at it that way. Yeah, they very yeah. much uh, all felt like they were you know just brother brothers. But yeah, technically a half brother. I know Sean and David were were did a lot of professional things together, theater and so forth. Yeah, and then there's Patrick Cassidy. Right, he's the next one under Sean, and then Ryan. And you know, it's funny you talk. We were talking about music. Um, David and Patrick and Sean actually recorded a song for a fundraiser in the 90s, and the three of them sang together. Um, it's a Broadway song, and, and now I, can't, I bring this it's up, not, and I can't think of the name of it. It's not from uh, that Brothers play. No, it wasn't that. Those two, though, David and Sean, have you ever seen that clip of the two of them on the morning show singing um, a piece of the Blood Brothers? It's a beautiful... No, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, and it's one of those moments where you sit there and go, why? Why didn't those two record an album together, you know, or or tour together, or do more than just Blood Brothers? I saw David in a theatrical thing, 
and now I can't remember what it was. It was very, very emotional role and everything. It was well, like in the nineties. It wasn't Blood Brothers. But I don't think it. I don't. I don't remember seeing Sean. That's why. I, I oh just, yeah. I just oh. remember seeing David in it. Oh, interesting. But uh, anyway, hmm. but even in that, as we drove away from the theater, and you could see the backstage where the theater, the girls were, with, the ladies were waiting for. Some things never, never changed, changed, right? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Well, let's do some Partridge David here to wrap this thing up tonight. Johnny, this has been a blast. Yeah, as always. We always refer to this one because you said this in your book, that this is kind of a sequel to I Think I Love You, a Tony Romeo song, I'll Never Get Over You, from yeah. the very last Partridge album, which is a damn good album. It really is. It's called Bolton Board, very hard to find. Yeah. And we, we're still holding out hope. I'm happy with my CDs personally, but we're still holding out hope that the vinyl... Uh, is craze is still going on and they're reissuing all these old things I mentioned uh, wouldn't that be great if they brought back all the Partridge Family albums and reissued them they're bringing back uh, Barry Manilow stuff right now yeah. uh, the first album that was on Bell Records so I'm thinking uh, why not right? uh, why not you know. long overdue now, of course, we had to pay $3 for them in 1970, which would now be $33. <laughs> yeah, or more. <laughs> or more. But that's okay. All right, let's check it out. This is I'll Never Get Over You. I love this song. Oh, there it is. Season four. Rick, Ricky's right around the corner. <laughs> All right, let's uh...
on a Minnesota night and our souls were a little bit There you go, folks. That is from the Rock Me Baby album. And it is called... How could, Some Kind of a How could I forget the title? It is... Some Kind of a Summer. Some Kind of a Summer. It is late night, Johnny. <laughs> That's right. And we're thinking about after the show, Mad Dog Adams. Are you ready, Cheryl? Social. Social. There we go. Yeah, baby. And then we drink. <laughs> there was another uh, teen idol, and when I was putting all these songs together, and I think the last time we played a Bobby Sherman song, but tonight, do you remember Rex Smith? I do remember Rex Smith. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Now, this was like my senior year in high school, 79, and he had a great hit called uh, You Take My Breath Away. Yeah, great song. And he appeared at the local Peaches Records in town. And I'm telling you, I was always all about the music. I won his album on the radio. I called in and I won it. So I was familiar with the album. And I thought, oh, wow, Rex Smith's going to be up at uh, Peaches. I go up there. There's a line out the door, almost wrapped around the building, and I'm like the only guy. <laughs> I said, nah, I think I'll just go home. 
Yeah, well, I know how you feel. I mean, when, you know, you see David Cassidy in concert 20 times, I got used to being the only guy. <laughs> I exaggerate. That's not true, is it? He had a big following of men. And later, in later years, especially, I think yeah. a lot of uh, guys were like, you know... Well, they recognized the credibility of the music. Right, exactly. Yeah, I really yeah. think that's true. They would start bringing Partridge stuff to the shows and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Well, anyway, I want to play a song. Uh, you know, you take my breath away. That's too easy. Everybody plays that one. But I had the album. Like I said, I won the album. And uh, same title as the Ricky Siegel song we played earlier, Sooner or Later. Do you remember this? No, I don't. And he had a TV movie that uh, right, right when the album came out. It was called Sooner or Later anyway. So here we go. Wow. You may never hear this again on Island Time. Sooner or Later, Rex Smith on Island Time tonight. I love it. Homestretch.
Johnny Ray Miller, well... <laughs> oh, I wish that had been me, right? <laughs> let's let's, let's uh, retrace that. David Cassidy doing an old Johnny Ray song from the old days, the 50s. Yep. And there's a long story behind it. We won't get into it, but your name, you were kind of named after Johnny Ray. A little right? bit. A piece of my name comes from okay. my mother's favorite song and artist was Johnny Ray. My dad's first name was Ray, and so... Did you flip out when Dexie Midnight Runners had a 
Poor old Johnny. Rated that like jump out of you. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. You didn't think nothing about it? Not much. I would have right. been like, oh my God, that's my name. <laughs> anyway, uh, great story, great song. We also had No Bridge I Wouldn't Cross from the, what year was this album? No Bridge I Wouldn't Cross from the Old Trick New Dog album, which I believe is 1998. You are correct. All 1998 right. on Slamma Jamma Records. Yeah, that was wow. his, his own label. Is Was it really? Yeah, yeah, he put that together. No Bridge I Wouldn't Cross is on there. The sexy version of I Think I Love You. <laughs> yeah, we were just talking about that, right? You gotta listen for that one. Starts out, <laughs> I think I love you. <laughs> I guess it's late, right? It's late. Oh my gosh. Echo Valley. <laughs> Echo Valley 26809 was in there, written by Rupert Holmes, who later had success with the Pina Colada song and other songs. I'll Never Get Over You, a Tony Romeo song. We had Rex Smith in there just for laughs uh, and giggles sooner or later. And Johnny, I think we performed well uh, the second time, and we did everything I love this. technically cor- correct. <laughs> it's great. This was a blast so as I'm usual. Really glad that you were able to come back, and we were able to make good service. Oh God, it's my privilege to come. I love every second of this. Too Fantastic. much fun. It's just always too much fun. And tell everybody we'll have the podcast probably in a week because I'm working on last week still. <laughs> oh but, yeah, okay, deal. But we'll have it out in about a week, and it'll be on Facebook. For anybody who uh, was not listening live, because we pick up, I was telling Cheryl, we pick up a whole new uh, crowd every time you're here. Oh, that's great to that hear. David Partridge uh, fans. You, you can thank David more than me. I'll tell you what, those oh. Partridge fans, we, we're we're loyal, aren't we, you guys? Yes, very loyal. <laughs> and they think I'm going to do this every week, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be great? But once or twice a year, you know. Yeah. But uh, thanks so much. This was a blast. And uh, check out his book, of course, when we're singing online. Oh, thanks, Dennis. Thanks for everything. Right. Johnny Ray Miller. Cheryl from the North Coast Parrotheads says, as